Hey guys, welcome to Stop and Chat number four, I believe. Today we're going to be talking about WrestleMania 36 and hmm. a pretty unique show to say the least. But before we get into that, I have uh, Michael here with me. He's going to be discussing it with me. And uh, how you doing, man? Are you uh, how are you surviving right now? <laughs> that good, huh? <laughs> I can't remember the last time I was outside, so that's fun. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm doing pretty well with it. I'm like, okay, whatever. The the government's you telling me would. to stay home. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean this 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 entire issue is the reason that we're talking I mean, I I think we might have spoke about WrestleMania thirty six regardless, but considering the situation and everything surrounding it and what happened, I, I think this is uh, going to be definitely a uh, interesting topic and definitely one of the most unique wrestling shows I maybe ever put on. Yeah. Before we get into that, um, permit me a mild rant about, uh, Oh, I don't know. Social distancing, which is, <laughs> uh, first of all, here's the thing about me. If I don't feel like going out, I'm not bothered by it. Yeah. I don't like being told not to go out. Like that just puts me in a different headspace. I guess you're, best you're way part, to describe it. You're part it. of the problem, man. You're not listening, jackass. No. Now, you said you don't. No, you I'll tell you, you. I'll tell you what part of the problem is. All right. <laughs> part of the problem, if you go and look at my Facebook feed right now, yes, is that about fifty percent of the morons I know are pretty much not taking this seriously whether it's the one side which doesn't believe in it or the other side which is oh i'm young and healthy and certainly nothing's going to get me and i'm sitting there thinking yeah you're just old enough for a pre-existing condition you don't know about so must maybe not put you know all our weight behind that but whatever or the people that are just treating it like a vacation and hanging out doing whatever this that and the other and i'm just kind of sitting there scratching my head looking at a lot of them going the thing that you hate and the thing that is going to cause you more trouble as time goes on you're actually stretching it out yeah by doing what you're doing right now like i'm annoyed by this but i'll stay at home not so with some of them and it's just there comes a point where it's like do you want this yeah. If somebody doesn't want it, you're doing everything in the world to make sure it's staying the case. And uh, I don't know. And, of course, you know, I've gotten various pictures from various friends of, like, how certain local businesses are handling it. And it's like, oh, we only allow this many people in at a time. Anyway, the other thousand or so of you go ahead and line up, you know, right behind each other, just <laughs> spanning the length of a parking lot. Anyway, yeah, we're doing this to definitely – uh stop that virus from spreading and it's like uh right well i know so louisiana be a big problem louisiana at least is one of the highest in the nation so far as far as um yeah you guys rank number one in something for for, for a change yeah i know how, how's that feel we're not at the um, bottom of the list perfect but uh yeah um anyway yeah y'all are handling it so well that uh texas has closed the border so that's uh so that's working. I think I think the biggest part to the for me point is, that if I drive over the border right now to come to Louisiana, I'm not sure I could get back. Well, I could, but I'd have to quarantine probably for 14 days. So that's fine. So yeah, I mean, I think the biggest the biggest thing for me, or it's kind of put a lot of stuff on hold for us. At least you know we were in the middle of kind of fixing up our house to put it for sale, and um, 
you know, we, we can't really do a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, even the construction company that we use, they're not really doing anything right now. They'll do stuff that's outside, but not inside. Um, you know, we, we could probably go to Lowe's and get several things to paint our back bathroom, but you know, we're just kind of, we're avoiding it if we, if we can, you know, if, unless it's something that's just really important, we're just not bothering with it right now. So. Yeah, and I suspect that's the case with a lot of other people, too. But that's one of the things that kind of drives me nuts about it, too, is because I, I don't know. Like, one of the things that, not to be over dramatic, but shall we say keeps me sane is, you know, structure, looking towards the future, X, Y, Z. And it's, like, kind of hard to do that right now because it's like, well, are we going to be done with this in May? Are we going to be done with this in June? Is it going to last August? What have we got here? And the answer is nobody knows. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I read a story uh, It's like yesterday. if you have even a modicum of anxiety, it's like this is your worst nightmare, basically. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying I read a uh, story yesterday. I think it was in, um, is it Crowley, Crawley, Louisiana? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um they have like a a curfew. That's what I was trying to think of to where basically, you know, you need to be inside or not be out and about at a certain time due to the virus. And, um, someone played the, the purge alarm a couple days ago, like from the movie, the purge, the alarm Hmm. that goes off within the film. Apparently taste. (laughs) Well, they said they didn't know. They said they didn't know that's what the alarm was from, but, um, yeah, probably not the best idea. No, Considering about half the people on my timeline seem to think we're on our way to that anyway, but I don't know. <laughs> Considering half of the city probably started uh, loading some weapons and saying yes. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's like the definition of people who just like, you can't sit still for 10 minutes and thus all of us now have to sit still for an hour, you know, or what have you. Like, yeah. one person screws up on the football team, we're all now doing bear crawls. You're all doing like, laps, yeah. Yeah, right. Well... My neighbor just started up his extremely loud Mustang, so I guess that means we should start talking about WrestleMania. <laughs> God almighty. I can um, hear that vividly. Can you? Through my headphones, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he does that. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about a little wrestling here. I mean, you know, WWE has been doing this setup for the past, what, three, four weeks now? Uh to where they're basically performing it's yeah been they're at, quite a they're while. at the, the performance center that's mm. you know which is kind of it's kind of cool that they even have the option to do this because they own a center that's fully set up for it um so yeah i mean and when they first started doing this the rumors started you know basically okay what's going to happen with wrestlemania no one really knew what was going to happen i was under the impression they were probably going to push it off but you know you made a good point too how long there's no way to know there's no way to know when to actually delay it until because yeah, we don't know to when my this is gonna unfortunate end. yeah to my unfortunate point earlier when talking yeah. about the coronavirus yeah it's like could be june could be august we don't know but even and, then i mean if it, yeah. if it ends say it ends in june no one's going to show up for three four five months i mean that's the thing i mean they're not going to have a, much of a crowd anyways yeah and i do know from just talking to a handful of people and whatnot that there's a lot of people that are even after you know the all clear is given are still going to be pretty anxious about oh yeah a lot yeah whether it's going out whether it's 
some you know, definitely touching some, this, some not won't. wearing a mask, what have you. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, particularly, uh, yeah, I can't talk, particularly some of the people I know that are a little more, shall we say, anxiety riddled than others. Like, you know, like, I mean, I know some people in the bar business who aren't looking forward to going back to the bar business because it's like, uh, well, huh. yeah, your job is to That's, be around people all day. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And now, granted, you know, a lot of cleaning and whatnot and just, you know, kind of the service industry in general, you know, whether it's cleaning a countertop or whatnot, and basically still, when it comes to anxiety, you know, logic isn't on the table a lot of times. And so if that fear is there, a lot of these people are just going to be like, uh-huh, I'm just going to work from home now doing yeah. anything but this. And well, so I mean, um, let's talk a little bit about, and I'll I'll share, I guess, my thoughts first about just how did this initially strike you? Like when you first heard that WrestleMania is going to be held, it's going to be at the performance center. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing that we were hearing at first, and I think you remember this also was that it wasn't actually going to be held at the performance center, that this was just Vince McMahon trying to get insurance money saying that they did everything that they could to try to put on the show, but it's actually going to be delayed. Um, for a Madison Square Garden show, which Madison Square Garden is now denied even knowing about that. So I think that was just a load of crap. Um, really? You don't say from the dirt sheets? Yeah. A bunch of lies. <laughs> Who would have thought? No, but I felt like I should mention it because it was everywhere. I mean, that's what everybody was saying. And I was just like, I don't, I don't I guess know. It's the I fact mean, that I just straight don't keep up with like any, I'm going to put very big quotes around the word wrestling news because the fact of the matter yeah. is even the most quote unquote trusted wrestling news source oftentimes doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. So, yeah. well, uh, I, but I do remember hearing the rumor that basically he was holding out, basically waiting for the city of Tampa to officially say, you can't have this. Yeah. And once that's the case, now we can call for insurance. But I still don't necessarily think that would have led to us not getting a show. I just, you know, obviously we wouldn't have gotten, you know, Tampa Bay. So, anyway. Well, sorry, I mean, it, it even got down to that for the Performance Center and that, you know, they announced that they are doing a complete quarantine and that there could be no events like this held no matter what the size. But it, it ended, or it started, I should say, the day after they finished recording WrestleMania. So, I mean, they got down to the wire with doing this. Yeah, which um, is why they recorded in advance. And yeah. I will say, um, props to them on protecting everybody from spoilers and everything, because yeah. I usually, if something like that happens, it's almost impossible. You know, you're somewhere, you're online, some idiot on some platform says something, and apparently nothing got out, because I went in basically with no idea what was going to happen. I didn't either. Yeah, far as and, I know, nothing yeah. was leaked. I mean, I didn't see anything. So, Which I, I mean, did hear that that is one other rumor I heard that it was a fireable offense. Yeah, like which is good. if it got out, like we're going to find out who you are and you're fired. So, well, yeah, I mean, because there right, are only good. probably what twenty people in the building. So, I mean, it would be easy if to kind of narrow that yeah. down. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, when I, when we first found out that it was going to be at the performance center, they're going mm. ahead with it. I didn't know what to think. I mean, I, the first thing that came to mind was this is going to be interesting. I just want to see how they're going to pull this off. How are they going to pull off something as huge as WrestleMania in a building with no people? Because um, I don't know. To me, like the spectacle and kind of the over over the top environment of WrestleMania is a huge portion of it. 
I mean, I think it could honestly, it could be argued sometimes that it even outweighs the show. Uh, I, I mean, say, old, I don't think that's to you. I think that's just a statement of pure fact. Like, yeah, I mean, it the outweighs the matches sometimes. Is, in a lot of cases, bigger than the actual event itself. Yeah, I mean, look at thirty-two. You know that year. Okay, how did that go? Well, half the roster was injured. A lot of <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of matches that should have happened didn't. A lot of matches that probably shouldn't have happened did. Blah blah blah. And well, uh, biggest crowd in WrestleMania history, and quite the event. So there we are. Well, yeah, I mean, it's but, it's to the point to where the name is enough. I mean, people are going to show up because it's WrestleMania. Re- yeah, you know, regardless, but. I mean, I kind of wanted, I don't know, I was un, I was part of the group that wanted them to cancel it. I just wanted them to cancel WrestleMania. Re- WrestleMania 36 would go on next year. I mean, they mm-hmm. just wouldn't do it this year, and that they would kind of have, you know, the feuds and the matches that were already planned, they would just have them on SmackDown mm-hmm. and um, Raw. So but, to be um, clear, you hate wrestling and you wish for it to <laughs> die. No, I just don't know how this is going to age. <laughs> and... You know, but that was my initial thoughts. I mean, that that was before yeah. I actually watched it. So, um, before you actually saw it, what did you think when you heard about it? Curious, I think, would be the best way to describe it because it was like, and I mean, you pretty much already made this point, but just wanted to see how they were going to pull this off. And at the time, like I remember when there was first talk of them, you know, not doing it with a crowd, my. First question was like, okay, so are they going to do this in an empty stadium? Because that's going to be a lot more bizarre. Yeah. And then once you hear they're starting to do it with the performance, like, okay, that sounds a little more like something that's workable. And I will say, I think in a perfect world, if we knew for certain anything, could have maybe had just SummerSlam this year and that be this year's WrestleMania or something yeah. to that effect. But... I understand why they did it in the long run and like we already kind of covered because of the uncertainty. We don't know when things are going back to normal. Yeah. Might as well knock out something while we can. So, all right. And so I guess the way I would describe it, like I said, curious and also maybe cautiously optimistic. Like I figured when push came to shove, they'd find a way to deliver at least something that was, you know, worth the time and the effort and, Generally speaking, I think they did, but anyway. Well, yeah, any I more mean, thoughts you know, on that? It, it it was one of the situations to where you know it was a WrestleMania where it came down to the matches. I mean, it was the first time in a long time to where you didn't have any you know filler, you didn't have anything to kind of distract you if there were you know a lot of if it was kind of a poor. Oh, card, I feel like there was definitely you know. filler, just not that kind of filler but yeah that's not the point well not um, the good kind of filler not the spectacle not the over-the-top entrance and you know stuff like that right um but after seeing it you know like i said it's so hard to say it's gonna we're gonna have to see how it kind of ages but um for what they had to work with i thought it was a good show i really did i i have to give them props for that because i mean even for the wrestlers i mean that that's an awkward situation to be in so i mean yeah. I still kind of wish they would have canceled it and just WrestleMania 36 would have been next year. But, you know, I am hoping that they are able to return to Tampa, you know, maybe in the next couple That's, of years to do the say, pirate. It's definitely not happening for next year because they already got, like, they're already Holly, WrestleMania or, Hollywood, Hollywood, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But anyway, sorry. So hopefully um, maybe 38, we're going to get the Tampa Bay uh, Stadium again and get the whole pirate theme and – you know, because I, I, I think they had some pretty amazing things planned for that, and I would like to see it again. 
Mm, I don't know. I don't think it needs to be that soon. I'd like to see it return, I don't know, maybe somewhere in driving distance before it goes back to Florida again. But that's yeah. just me. Um, but, I mean, uh, I guess all things considered, and I pre- pretty much already covered this, but, yeah, I think they did the best they could under the circumstances, and I think for the most part they delivered. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. so let's talk about day one. I mean, once again, you know, this was split into two days. So, mm. you know, day one we had, you know, it was what, about three hours? It was a little over three hours, I believe. I don't even remember, honestly. I believe it ran to sit from six to about maybe a little after, maybe about 9.15, I'm going to say. Okay. Around there. Yeah. So what what match on day one stood out the most to you to where you were like, you know what, this was – this was fun. This was a great match. This made it worth it, basically. This this kind of lived up to maybe what I would expect from a WrestleMania under ideal circumstances. Well, <laughs> I don't know if we can coin toss. Yeah, um, yeah. because I'm, I'll, I'll put it this way: the one that lived up to the expectations I had for it was the Boneyard match. Yes, because as soon as they announced a Boneyard match, it's like okay, I already know off the top of my head we're getting something unconventional here. I don't know exactly what in the world it's going to be, but considering who's in it, considering who's probably putting it together, et cetera, this is going to be good. Yeah. And it was. Now, the argument could be made, you know, uh, was it wrestling? Ah, good question, but look at how things are going right now. You know what I mean? It's like... The word entertainment does factor into sports entertainment, and entertainment it for damn sure was. So, yes, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, that's my pick. Also, I I think for for what they were able to put together so fast. I mean, they only had a few days to put that together. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought it was great, and they they did it like I was hoping they would. You know, because you hear like any kind of gimmick match, or you know. When they said boneyard match, everybody was like, "Okay, it's going to be like a cemetery match, and you have to bury your opponent or something." And my fear was that it was going to be like the Vampiro Demon WCW yes. match from years so, ago. And I was just thinking to myself, "For the love of God, so long as they do something better than that, yeah. this will at least you know meet some expectation for me." And it's like, "Oh, they way over delivered." Anyway, yeah. Continue. The, Sorry. The the worst thing they could have done was do a match like you just said like where it's just kind of like quote-unquote live and they're just fighting you know yeah, but they're on a crappy they went, cemetery set yeah there's smoke or stage smoke stage fog blah 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 and instead they nope, went they went with it yeah all out they went full cinematic mode and that that's like i said yeah. that's what i was hoping they would do and it i thought it worked i really yeah. do i mean it was, it was ba- fun and it, it was basically like a long like like a you know basically at the end of an action movie was yeah pretty much how it was put together and worked for me it was really good you could have certainly um, done a lot worse what was your let's, let's still stick with day one i guess and just say what was your least favorite match um of day one i certainly i'll go first on this one um stroman and goldberg was hands down my least favorite match i don't even know if i could hardly call it a match you know they they seem to be doing these things where they just start they hit their finisher a few times and then the match is over you know i understand well, goldberg could when one of the opponents is 50 years old and couldn't wrestle even in his prime yeah you're kind of limited well, but and, and and that kind of makes me wonder what would what would have a goldberg versus reigns match have been would that do you think it would have been similar to this or what probably i yeah. maybe a little better simply for the fact that 
there's probably a lot more you can do with reins than you can with a guy the size of Stroman when you're, for example, 50 years old and yeah. still having to kind of halfway lift people. But but at the same time, even as I say that, I'll look at a lot of okay, – or I should say, look at every match that Reigns has had with Brock Lesnar outside of, like, their first match. And yeah, that's a lot of times what work. you would get. Just kind of the – it almost looked like the old SmackDown games when you could, like, start with five finishers. <laughs> and you just run in there and yeah. just finisher, 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 <laughs> signature, finisher. You know, it's like – well, All right. and But, I mean, the thing is, you don't put together a match with Goldberg versus Roman Reigns because, oh, boy, I'm looking forward to a good athletic wrestling contest. You put it together for friends of mine who have not watched the product in 20 years, who have no godforsaken idea who Roman Reigns is, and they don't know who Braun, yeah, Braun Strowman is, but they know who Goldberg is. That's who, you, yeah. that's who that match is for. It ain't for you know somebody's been keeping up with the product forever it's for people that don't it's for people that watch wwe basically from the months of january to about now or maybe occasionally check in during SummerSlam, and the name goldberg sells i was about to say tickets and then i stopped short of that because well maybe not to this well maybe it did sell to this one but for all the good that did but yeah, I mean, I do think it's a case where they technically hampered themselves because they obviously put it on him with the intention to do that, and then the world stopped spinning, and it's like, <laughs> oh, cool. Well, we've got a 50-year-old champion who's really not that great at long matches, and we took the belt off this dude. We've been putting everything behind forever. Okay, well, here we are. Yeah. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, no pun intended, but... Uh, well, it's kind of know. one of those things, too. I mean, the formula that, that they used in this match kind of happens again on night two, but we'll talk about that later. But, you know, I, I, I guess I get it. I mean, I get why it was put together this way, but at the same time, my God, it was just a... Let's hit the spear. Let's hit the... Uh, the running power slam a few times match over okay here's the belt we're obviously gonna probably I think take maybe it off he went for the jackhammer i don't think that worked out well for him i think that I led to the first of four power slams and then yeah yeah and now I'm, I'm pretty sure he would not have gotten <laughs> for that uh, but I would hope he got not, he, but yeah. he got the um, giant up back in the day but that was over yeah 20 when he years was like ago. 33 34 years old not when he's yeah. in his 50s but and I mean, granted, even for something like that, a lot of that's on the other guy taking the pressure off of you. But it yeah. there comes a point where there's only so much you can do. I your your son there, Hellraiser Harrison. No matter what I can do for him, he can't power bomb me. No, Just saying. not that I know. If he can, I'm going to be a millionaire. So right, yeah. So what? I mean, what was your what match from night one? Would you say was your least favorite? That's kind of a hard call because the fact of the matter is, and I'm generally not this way, but I was not very invested in, in night one. Like there were there were a lot of yep. matches that felt to me just like absolute filler. And if you want to get really technical, I would probably make the argument that any one of those that I can't off the top of my head say to you right now, oh yeah, that happened on night one was probably worse, technically, than Goldberg versus Strowman, if for nothing else, because I for damn sure remember Goldberg versus Strowman. Yeah, Whether true. I liked it or not, it left an impression, at least. It's kind of my... I've said this before about movies. It's like, I would rather a movie be Tommy Wiseau's The Room. 
Like it was <laughs> At awful. Least it's rem- but oh, yeah. F- yeah, you remember it, and boy, is there rewatchability there. Even if the whole time your mind is just trying to connect dots that just don't connect. I would I rather think, um, get that than something that's like just I don't know, Aliens versus Predator, where it's like I will forget about this the minute I walk out of the theater. And I think you got a lot of those matches, but I would say technically probably same answer, probably. Goldberg versus Strowman, and it's just because to me it was just not only was it not a particularly entertaining match, uh, I've never been a Goldberg fan. I wasn't a Goldberg fan in high school. I'm not, I'm especially not one now. Like, mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, as like, as a person, as a, you know, ambassador for all this, you know, fine. But just as a wrestler, like, I've never seen a Goldberg match that I was just like, I was just completely blown away by that. Like, no matter who he was in the ring with, I was just always kind of like, can this be over now? And so, one, you have that. Even during the Hogan match in the uh, in Atlanta? That might have been the only one that stirred a little something in me. And also, yeah. weirdly, he had this match once with the Sandman that was actually for two guys that, tra- in the <laughs> traditional sense, quote-unquote, can't wrestle. was actually, weirdly, pretty good. Man, but, I need to find... I do not remember that. <laughs> I need to find it's, that. it's on his DVD, if you have it. Okay. If not, I'm sure you can find it on the WWE Network. I think, yeah. it, what was he, Hardcore Hack, or whatever they called him back then. But, hardcore um, Hack, yeah. But to the point, it was... It was a match with no, you know, no build and no story. It's like the build yeah. and the story was Reigns versus Goldberg, and even that didn't get a lot, but it still got more than did Strowman versus Goldberg. And I kept expecting, you know, at least maybe they do some editing. Maybe they explain. And I mean, obviously, we in the real world know or can infer why Reigns was not there. You know, he had leukemia less than a year ago probably not somebody who wants to be around a lot of people right now you know he has pre-existing condition he has a weakened immune system okay fine understandable everybody gets that but yeah okay i kept expecting the entire time that there would be some sort of story reason why reigns was out and stroman was in and i never got that they never delivered on it that sentence that i just uttered that's pretty much what we got yeah and they never never expounded upon it just kind of at the last minute on the last smackdown they finally acknowledged what most everybody knew anyway which was reigns wasn't going to be there and Strowman was taking his place no reason given why nothing to make him you know the number one contender no explanation nothing and i mean i get it if you don't want to work on the actual personal real reason why he wasn't there which you know the leukemia and all that but or well you know what i mean like possible weakened immune system he chooses and you know obviously what's more important which is you know not catching something could you get my point i think anyway no absolutely i mean yeah and but i mean didn't didn't triple h at least um no triple h said they were going to do something and then they didn't do anything because triple h i suspect wasn't the one who had any control over actually doing anything but He was like, oh, yeah, they're going to cover that. They're going to do this. And then it was just like, anyway, Reigns is out and Strowman's in. <laughs> Last well, minute. I mean, you know, and, and again, again that's the other really... thing. They had like a week, maybe two weeks to actually prep for that, and they didn't. They still went forward with it. They had the face-to-face confrontation between Reigns and Goldberg. Yeah. 
and all that. And then just last minute, all right, never mind, it's Strowman. And I kind of actually expected from that while we're on that subject, I figured Goldberg would keep it and just beat him. And just since we don't know which way is up on wrestling for the next several months anyway, screw it. He can just hold it till maybe SummerSlam or whenever things go back to normal, and then he'll wrestle Reigns for it and he'll drop it to Reigns. That's what I figured they would do. So I was legitimately surprised by the fact that Strowman beat him, which is maybe the one complimentary thing I can say about that match. (laughs) Also, in a way, Goldberg kind of just got squashed. So, ha. Yeah. Well... Considering what they had, I mean, you know, it's it's understandable. You gotta give them some slack in it, but um, I don't know. I I I almost said um, Corbin against Elias. That was night one, wasn't it? Yeah, and that just felt like a forgettable throwaway Strowman the, match. I mean, not Strowman. I can't talk. That felt just like a forgettable throwaway SmackDown match. Just like all right. at least it was at least it was a match, though. I guess I, that's why I didn't choose it. But anyways, let's move to. Uh, Let's go to day two. Um, favorite match from day two. I'll let you go first on that one. That took some thinking, and I'm still a little divided on it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Brock versus Drew McIntyre. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I think a big part of it had to do with basically just the story it was telling and the fact that I was very invested in seeing Drew McIntyre win the big one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the ending definitely helped, but I don't know. It, it was it was again it was kind of one of those squash matches. It was a finisher match, and there was even if it was just the little things. There's a lot more to that one than there was to Goldberg versus Strowman. You had German. You had him not getting it. You had him kicking out at one on the F five. Yeah, like was it technically structurally similar? Yeah, but it was a hell of a lot better. That's true. He did kick out at one. That was kind of interesting that they went with that i mean yeah i mean it was it was better than Strowman versus goldberg i'll definitely give you that but you know i I would have loved to have seen him i mean give him 10 minutes i mean something but that's a good pick though i mean it was cool to see him get the belt i don't even have like any idea how the long the match went i assume probably eight nine minutes but i couldn't be sure no i'm not i don't know yeah i'd have to look i don't i don't think it went that long but I will say this, though, uh, for damn sure in front of a crowd, I think we would have gotten a different match. I think we would have gotten something probably closer to 20, 30 minutes where, you know, a lot of effort was put forth and not just kind of your basic under 10 minute suplex, suplex. All right. Time for the finishers. Well, and that's an that's an argument, though. Okay, if that's the case, if they. If they blatantly shorten some matches because of the no crowd, which, you know, we we can only assume. I, I mean, there's no proof of that. But should they have still had it? I mean, should they have still had this go down as a WrestleMania if they were altering the quality of WrestleMania well, because of the, the situation? The quality is going to be altered by definition because there's no freaking crowd. I mean, exactly. What That's else are you what I mean, do? Though. But I mean... I don't really see much point in exploring that, though, because it's like, well, they called this WrestleMania and this was WrestleMania. So, I mean, yeah, you know, there's no one ringing that bell. This, it, you know, for better or for worse, history goes down. That was WrestleMania 36. Yeah. In the Performance Center with no audience and nobody there other than the people who needed to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of take it for what it is. Yeah. And like I said, and that's what I'm judging it by. And that's why that's my 
part of the reason why that was my favorite match that night because you know yeah. that's what we got could mm-hmm. we have gotten better potentially we also could have gotten a hell of a lot worse and we did get a hell of a lot worse if you look up and down the card yeah. so you know all things considered and like i said that's the other thing an important thing for me was i want to see drew mcintyre win the big one and he did yeah so from a story perspective it paid off yeah you, you saw a guy way. who he fought out of the german suplex he wouldn't just give it to him he kicked out you know not only he kick out of the f5 a couple of times he kicked out of it at one mm-hmm. you know it's like there's little bits there that make that infinitely better to me than Strowman versus Goldberg. And again, I still, regardless of how you feel about Strowman versus Goldberg, I go back to the biggest problem with it. There was no story. Yeah. It was just, uh, well, here's Strowman and here's Goldberg. All right. I, I do, I do really like him kicking out at one. That was very, it was very noticeable and very like they made, it wasn't like it was just something in passing. Oh, he kicked out. No, he specifically kicked out on one of the F5. So that was cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, I don't um, think that's ever happened. Well, and considering the F5 has taken down somebody, I mean, several people. I mean, Braun Strowman, honestly, um, after one, I believe. Didn't he hit him just once? Well, that um, seemed to be the story that they were building towards, toward, uh, what was it, towards 34, where basically if he hit anybody yeah. with the F5, all right, that was ball game. Yeah, AJ, Strowman, Joe, take your pick, and then yeah. you had the match with Roman Reigns, where which was hard to pay attention to because the crowd was just vicious that night. But where he got hit with I don't know five or six of them and kept kicking out. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, continue. Um, my favorite match from day two was uh, Ripley versus Flair. I, I the ending was, eh, but as far that as was a match, lot, it was a lot worse than eh. <laughs> the ending was crap. Well, yeah. As far as their chemistry, though, and the way that they matched up together, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I want to see several more matches between the two. Um, Ripley's fantastic. I mean, I absolutely... I was a fan of hers, but this absolutely cemented that in that I'm a huge fan of Ray Ripley. Um, Let me ask you I, a question. Imagine something for me real quick. Sure. Not even the first WrestleMania. You remember the war to settle the score? Hogan Piper, the MTV yes. special, the thing that kind of set rock and wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Imagine you've got that, and here comes Hogan, your golden boy, your next big star, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Piper just beats him, center of the ring. Oh, well. Yeah. There. That's why I can't endorse make a lot this of match. Sense. Yeah. It, it's it, like, it's yes, one of the situations. a bad ending can completely something. You heard me. And that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. Well, it's a situation where you know, Flair doesn't doesn't need it by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, has she ever lost at Mania? I'm trying to. Yeah, she lost think. it last. Oh, Mania. she lost last year at the Triple Threat. Yeah, that's right. Now, granted, she didn't take the pinfall, but she lost. Yeah, but and as far as like a 101, I don't think she's lost. I'm not sure. But that's that ultimately my biggest problem with it. And there had since been things that have come up that have said that apparently, you know, whether this is true, like I heard this on real news, not, you know, quote unquote, dirt sheets. Yeah. But OK, apparently Rhea Ripley had to go back to Australia to work out some sort of visa issue and this, that and the other. And international travel being what it is right now, there's no telling when she's going to be back. So maybe their hand was forced yeah 
And again, eh, I kind of get it, but the fact of the matter is, Flair didn't need to beat Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley needed to beat Flair. That would have cemented her, that would have made her, and it's like, they did the best they could, except for that one thing that actually matters to the average person sitting in the audience, maybe not in this case, because there was no audience, sitting at home, watching and paying attention, which is, you know, this hot new superstar needs to beat this established one, and it didn't happen. But it's not like it was even like a double title match, it's not like they would have put themselves in a weird situation by having Ripley beat flair and holding the belt for whatever brand and you know it it, there's no reason for flair to be on nxt i mean no if anything she's need they need as many women as they can get on the uh the main brands right now which i guess nxt is a main brand now but um yeah it did make a lot of sense and like you said i think there was something more to it than just simply uh we're gonna put flair over you know and the thing is i'm sure there's people that would argue with me about what i'm about to say here and I'm not going to say that their opinion on it's not valid because they might be right. If it were up to me, I would have still had Ripley win and then just Well, here's the thing. Sorry, she she uh she's stuck in Australia for a while. We're going to hold the belt up and we're going to have a tournament or however they're going to do whatever because they're about to record a whole bunch more NXT Raw, SmackDown, etc. I think in the coming weeks. I don't know how they're going to do that, by the way. But I don't either. But whatever. But okay, yeah. fine. We're just we're going to have a tournament. We're going to take another NXT person. I don't know, maybe Io Shirai or somebody. You know, put it on them, make them dominant, and when Ripley gets back, she can destroy them and carry on as NXT champion. Like that's what I would have done, because like you said. Flair doesn't need it. She didn't need the win. She didn't need the belt. She didn't need to be on NXT. It's like just yeah. okay. They could have and like an interim interim title, and they could do Ripley versus whoever at the uh, NXT SummerSlam. Yeah, and um, that's the other thing. It's like I have a feeling what's going to happen in between now and then is Charlotte Flair is going to hold the belt and basically beat everybody on the NXT brand who comes anywhere near her, and. You basically save it so she can hand it back to Ripley when Ripley does get back. And it's like, okay, but in the long run, what does that really do for NXT? Like, you're trying to make NXT look like a viable, like, not the the minor leagues, the viable third brand. Okay, well, what does that say if Charlotte comes over and just kicks the ass of every single one of your competitors (laughs) in between now and then? Well, it's kind of like when Charlotte beats Austin, too. It tells me, yeah. And the other, I guess the other thing that kind of bothers me, my mentality, I'm still old school enough that I don't like it when the good guy submits. I would rather the good guy pass out. I would rather the good guy get yeah. pinned or get knocked out. I don't like mm-hmm. it when the good guy taps. And so not only did they have her win, but she tapped. So that's even better. Imagine Hulk Hogan at the war to settle the score submitting. You know, yeah. I, I quit. Well, I give. I guess they, they did try to protect her a little bit in that what wasn't her knee part of the storyline leading up to it i don't well, remember yeah considering charlotte spent the entire match beating the hell out of it that was well no i meant, I meant before the match not to my knowledge but i'm not okay. going to say yes or no um yeah but i mean even still it's 
I don't know. Look at Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. Okay, yeah, Steve Austin lost, but what got yeah. Steve Austin over? Yeah, Passing refused out. to quit. Yeah, somebody else. Somebody else called called it for him. He didn't quit. Well, it, yeah, I mean that that's that's just a classic way of getting over, like you said. And in this one, they're kind of making it like, oh, she was able to hang with Charlotte for <laughs> you know fifteen minutes, and that's that's enough to get her over, but. Going back to what you said again, I mean, NXT is supposed to be the third brand on par with Raw and SmackDown now. So, I mean, that that doesn't really cut it anymore. I mean, they're not treating them like they're up-and-comers. And I will say, yes, we live in a world where UFC is very prevalent, and we understand that if someone should try to bend your elbow backwards on itself or what have you, yeah, you're going to quit, most likely, if you'd like to have a functional arm. Yeah. But this is wrestling, and, you know, it's predetermined. It's, it's not real. So there's still a lot of stuff I'll give a pass on, and that's one of yeah. them. Yeah. So Well, let's go on to, uh, to day two. We'll talk about our least favorite match. Um, well, we just covered mine, so your turn. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, is that your least favorite? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you exactly why. The ending. Yeah. It was yeah. the greatest match I've ever seen that I hated the ending and wanted to throw the remote at my TV after. It was just like, sorry, that makes it the worst match for me. Because Completely ultimately it had yeah. the storytelling. You're going to have to bleep a few mm. things. I'm going to go with the women's elimination match. <laughs> to, my, to my original point about... Um, uh, you know why certain other matches didn't get picked on day one i when you said that for me i was like what women's elimination match <laughs> like i almost just completely forgot that match happened. well it's it's that, funny that's I just, that's, I that's just how much to, of an impression it left on me so i just had to look up to see if that actually took place on night two and i believe it did um yeah i i thought it was i thought it was boring i thought it was pretty um, nothing about it surprised me. I mean, you kind of saw the storyline between Bailey and um, Sasha going into it, how they're kind of fighting, and you were wondering if Sasha or Bailey's going to turn on each other, and they didn't. And they're just kind of, you know, they're draw, dragging that out a little bit more. But my that God. That was the other thing that bothered me. I was hoping that that was where they would go, and ultimately you would end up with Bailey versus Sasha. Yeah. And instead, nope, Sasha gets eliminated, and it's Bailey versus uh, Liberty Bell or whatever. I don't know. The one that looks like. <laughs> acts like the chick from glow and it's just like yeah okay well here we are with an episode of smackdown i have a question has tamina ever won a match yeah long time ago when she was a ta- when she was a tag team maybe no but- i'm talking about like maybe in 2009 2010 <laughs> matter of fact i'm pretty sure she's a former champion you might want to verify that she was <laughs> has she won she's now even been there that long has she yeah. won one in this particular decade, 2020, no. Has she won one in the last five years? Maybe also no. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. But, yeah, back in the early days. But lately it seems kind of like she just shows up to be like the imposing, menacing threat who never... She's the female Big Show. Oh, God, she is. She yeah. shows up to become, like, to be the menacing threat that's believable and then loses anyway. Well, this is one of those matches that the only thing that could have made it watchable for me is like if for some weird reason the crowd was just there and just super, super hot for every match. 
it would have helped it, I guess, but still it, it's forgettable and just it just continued on the storyline. That's Which another I one when, of those. I hate sorry, it when God. Mania matches do that kind of. They just they push the storyline on. I, I it, yeah, where it, it becomes a it, like I said, it's a SmackDown match that happened to happen at quote unquote Mania. That's yeah. Like I said, that's my yeah. description. There's a reason, but and I mean, I get that. Uh, I can think of a couple of exceptions where I wasn't bothered by it. Like for example, AJ versus Shinsuke a handful of years ago, where yeah. it's like okay, that was the beginning of something, and then we got like four or five matches out of it but generally i agree with you like that's like the one except that's like an exception that proves the rule in any case yep. but that's another one of those where i'm wondering if the reason they did it the way they did it was because theoretically the idea was maybe they were going to build to her and sasha and they decided to save that for a crowd but yeah. I don't know because that match was thrown seemingly was thrown together after it was pretty well established which actually that's a problem with a lot of the matches this year. A lot of the matches seemingly were just kind of thrown together at the last minute after it was announced. Right, so we're not having this in a stadium in front of people because coronavirus. So uh yeah. What's well, one of those things too like you know they had a you know the pre-show or whatever and i mean not that that even mattered i mean you know it's it's all it's all the same thing now but i I would have loved to have seen you know cesaro and drew gulak given time to actually have a match as opposed to like you know corbin and elias and Mm -hmm. you know have two guys go out there even if they don't have a huge story going i mean have them go out there and just put on a freaking match man a good 20 25 minute classic and they could have done that but even now they were hesitant to do that i feel um you know those casual I, fans i was mentioning earlier the ones who probably don't know who yeah. baron corbin is and probably don't know who elias is mm-hmm. okay they especially don't know who you just mentioned so yeah but why are we i kind of get it but at the same time what like you said what does it really matter when there's no audience yeah like, there's no tickets being sold well granted tickets were sold probably but tickets were i'm guessing refunded so yeah so. Well, well, we already talked about yours, so we know your your least favorite. <laughs> but what, to what clarify, some... I don't disagree yeah. with your take. Like uh-huh. I'll even say on paper, yes, what you just described was a far worse match. It's just yeah. I was so irritated by the ending and by failing to make Ripley when they could that I was like, "All right, this is the worst match." Anyway, sorry. For you. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some honorable mentions, which I think we th- there's a few really um i mean i'll mention one the, the ladder match was fantastic i th- I thought it was great um for, for these guys to go out there and do some of the stuff they did in front of absolutely no one because i mean a ladder match especially when there's something like that and it's something i mean as dangerous as that the crowd has a lot to do with it man i mean you kind of got to get hyped up to pull off <laughs> some of those moves to put your body on the line like that and um I thought they did very well. It was very awkward in a uh, empty arena. That um, was, but it was good. I, I thought they did good. I kind of struggled as far as night one goes on favorite match because a part of me wanted to give that as my answer for my favorite match on night one yeah, for the simple fact that again, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Miz caught something and it was you know it was originally supposed to be a tag team deal and they at the last minute had to force it into a triple threat title for the tag or triple threat title a triple threat match for the tag team titles yeah and 
basically they went out there and just fully delivered and treated it mm. like a mania match and treated it like they were wrestling in front of you know 52,000 some odd people yeah. and that's what i liked about it like i felt like those three guys specifically did that arguably better than anyone else like just went out and like you know what we're gonna steal the show even when there's technically no show to steal yeah like we're gonna deliver we're gonna give everybody watching reason to sit up and pay attention and they did and they delivered so, yeah yeah no i totally agree um i'll mention one more than you can mention two or three or whatever um I loved Otis versus Ziggler. I thought it was great. We might as well have not brought it up because we have the same damn answers. Um, same here. <laughs> I, I thought it was maybe one of the better matches, just just from story perspective. And yeah. I, I can just ima- imagine how hot the crowd would have been for that. Yeah, That would have been great because they would have been all over that. Yeah. Um, it it was it was a decent match and I thought the ending was perfect and it was it, it was what you wanted it was what you wanted to happen so um I definitely think that's worth being mentioned and I'm I'm sure the ones you're about to mention are my picks too most likely but um go ahead and mention a couple well I can't for night one because it was exactly the same pick which was the latter match actually Otis and Ziggler was that second night or first night um i think that was second night okay um while that one ranks for second night i'll go ahead and say edge versus orton and yeah it seems like that one's a little controversial for some people but i enjoyed the hell out of it like to me in a lot of regards that was kind of like the boneyard match except in a wrestling setting yeah you had the story and the story was well executed and some of the complaints i've seen about it i'm just i don't know or like eye-rollingly stupid but that's beside the point well everybody was saying it's too long which i i i don't necessarily disagree but i feel like it picked up again as i started to feel like i was like is this going anywhere and then it's like they picked up again and it caught me sorry go ahead see i liked it i mean i I really enjoyed it because i i kind of like slow build matches like that where you're just beating the crap out of each other you know in a backstage setting and i think it could be mm. argued that that was easily the best backstage brawl ever ever i mean i i don't know how anyone can necessarily argue against that i'll argue I mean, that real quick halftime okay. heat rock mankind the end without question i mean yeah he pins him with a forklift <laughs> It was entertaining, but as far as like yeah, that's the idea to be entertaining. Brutal, Who would have thought? Well, uh, but as far as like a just a brutal brawl, you know, blood feud. I I thought this was pretty freaking great. Sorry, how I many mean, times did mankind get hit in the head with a chair? The rumble. Know, Never mind. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I just happen to disagree yeah. with you. That's how yeah, these that's things fine. go. Okay but yeah, disagree. And like I said, hey, this was my pick. As you know honorable mention like a part of me wanted to give that match of the night and i was like eh, had to go with drew winning the big one what other one would you say from night two probably i mean yeah or from and, any any nights i would say rollins and owens is another pretty good one i believe was that night one that was night one yeah okay yeah and that was one where they got me because when they went to the DQ, I was I was sitting there pissed. I was like, "Yeah, 
oh great they've given us a freaking raw match like a throwaway filler raw match for quote unquote mania and then owens grabs the mic and is like you know hell no let's finish this no dq and i was like okay i'm back in didn't make a lot of sense but it was like yeah okay well the thing is since they've done sort of the whatever you want to call it gm is dead philosophy there's a lot yeah. that doesn't make sense. Like, why are you the, ch- you know, why why was Reigns wrestling Goldberg? Because he came out and grabbed the mic and went, I'm next. Okay. <laughs> well, who decided yeah. that? And I think we talked about that actually the other day. That, like, that's one thing that NXT still does that I appreciate is they have William Regal there to actually come out once in a while and say, all right, you know what? We're going to settle this with War Games or we're going to settle this with a ladder match or XYZ. And I feel like that is something that is missing from both Raw and SmackDown because it does feel sometimes like the talent just kind of books their own matches because you don't have like an on-air authority figure. And that's yeah. something that bo- it bothers me in AEW, bothers me on SmackDown and Raw. And so, yeah, I see your point there, but it's like I've also just kind of gotten used to it enough that it's like, all right, fine, sure, whatever. Owens dictates it. The ref went with it. Fine, why not? Anyway, sorry, who, continue. R- remind me of something, because who got DQ'd the first time? Was it Rollins? Yeah, it was Rollins, because okay. that's why Owens grabbed it and said, you know what, screw it, we're not ending like this. Let's yeah. go no DQ. I guess since he I, I guess like since he was the winner. I believe it was when he, maybe when he whacked him with the ring bell. I could be wrong, yeah. but yeah. But basically yeah. Owens, like, I don't want to win like this. I want to beat you. Get back in here. Yeah, maybe that gave him the authority to restart it since he had technically won. I don't know. Don't try whatever. to overthink it. It's just there is no on-air authority figure. They just decide what they want, I guess. Like, there really yeah. is no point in giving it more thought than is worth. I do I do miss that, and we had talked about about that. Um, yeah. Like you said, I mean, and, and, and I said, you know, when they have an authority figure, it's it seems like they feel sometimes they have to be just part of the show every single week, always backstage, always coming out and interfering or, or come or out and give their changing like the 20 minute dissertation at the beginning. Yeah. And but it's like in NXT yeah. with Regal, they don't do that. And I think that's, I think it's perfect. Like yeah. you said, he shows up when he needs to show up, you know, yeah. if a bedlam should break out, he'll come out and say, all right, you know what? We're going to settle this with X. Yeah. And like I said, even AEW doesn't do that. Like, except the weird acknowledgement that Cody Rhodes is part of the booking committee who also, <laughs> you know, like weird little stuff like that, but it's like, yeah, they'll announce yeah. like, okay, we're having a tournament for this or we're doing this, or we're doing this, but it's like, okay, who, who's making that announcement? Who's in charge here? You know, like they'll never actually officially acknowledge that. And that always kind of irks yeah, me I, a I bit. Think, and that's I the one thing we always need though. Yeah. That's the thing that I feel like NXT has over at least, as far as American shows go, pretty much all of them right now is that they still have that because they've got Regal. Anyway, sorry, yeah. continue. They should have kept it with Shane. I mean, Shane could have been that figure and SmackDown and Raw and just showed up when he needed to type of thing. I mean, I don't I, know. I would agree with you if not for the fact that they, I feel like, shoved Shane down our throats basically since about 2016 to the point where it's like, I'm good to not see Shane on television for a long, 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 long time now yeah they kind of ruined you (laughs) but yeah it's like too much of a good thing basically yeah i guess well um as far as like standout moments i mean you know i i 
a WrestleMania moments, I guess we should say. I mean, Owen's dive was pretty cool, I guess. I mean, you know, we've seen dives off the top rope and everything else on the tables, but I mean, this was it was pretty up there. I mean, I thought it was a pretty uh pretty brutal impact, too. It was a nice um, reminder to me of like their Ring of Honor days where it's just yeah. like, okay, they're going to climb up on something, they're going to, you know, Go full new Jack, if you will. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought that was pretty cool, and I thought um, Morrison's top rope walk was pretty awesome. I, I've personally never seen. I mean, you know, Taker does the, mm. the walk, but he's holding on to somebody, and you know, just as far as walking across the top rope with no help um, to the other side, I thought that was pretty cool. I do want to say while I'm thinking about it, there was that was one thing that bothered me about the ladder match. Uh, the finish, anytime they try to get cute with the finish to a ladder match, it almost always, like, they screw it up somehow. Like, there was the yeah. one where involved Dolph Ziggler several years ago where the two guys up on the ladder dislodge the belt and it falls and Ziggler was supposed to catch it like a football and, oh, he's yes. the winner, except he didn't catch it. It just hit the mat, and then he grabbed it, and it's like, all right then. And that's kind of the same thing that happened there. You had the three of them on, and then he falls back, and basically both belts dropped, and then he rolls over and grabs one, and it's like, okay, ring the bell. It, it, like, that annoyed me. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. That whole match for me was a standout moment. Uh, there was, I would say, Edge speaking of diving off of something he had that nice dive through the table on orton mm-hmm. which i was kind of wondering as he was getting up there i was like see i'm gonna throw with that really <laughs> after all this and then yep he went through with it so and i also loved the finish like he had him and then was like you know what no goes down gets the two chairs and hits him with the concerto you know like bringing the story mm-hmm. full circle like I'm gonna finish you with what started this, basically. They had that. They had that giant ladder. I thought they were gonna do something with that. That was sitting right beside the uh, the truck. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's about to happen here, but probably um, better that it didn't. Whatever it was, but yeah, yeah. This might. This might. We should have probably mentioned this in the honorable mentions. I. I don't know. A lot of people are split on the Bray White and John Cena thing. Yeah, but, I was gonna say that was another standout moment for me was ironically part of that which was the weird little nwo thing that happened in the middle (laughs) it's like all right everybody wanted heel cena well there you go yeah i I like how you know after thinking about it and reading about it some it all makes sense kind of what they did it was kind of going through his career oh does it hope for and you know Uh, well if you say so i said i said oh it makes sense now does it well if you say so but yeah i I just as much as it can i I think that sort of stands as like kind of a testament to like not that i know all the finer details but who runs one side of the show and maybe who runs the other at times because it's like whoever did the boneyard match i don't feel like they did the funhouse match (laughs) like as far as like who was uh, in control of it because it's like the one basically like we said good old-fashioned action scene and the other one incomprehensible fever dream yeah and apparently apparently triple h and michael hayes did boneyard from what i read but i don't know i heard michaels was involved too but don't know for sure yeah um 
But yeah, and then as far as the other one, it's like, um, I so Cena lost. I guess was there even a ref? What what the hell <laughs> he, happened? He disappeared. Didn't he? Yeah. I, sure, I don't know. <laughs> and people are the dumbest thing is like, man, people that means Cena retired. I was like, I'm I'm sure this is how Cena wants to go out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you cut him another five million dollar check. Sure, he's retired. Yeah. His last match is going to be in a what in the hell was that? um yeah yeah segment <laughs> sure that's cena's but, end and i i don't know of course let's talk wrestling fans uh-huh. assuming stupid things isn't a new thing so i guess i shouldn't be that yeah. surprised but yeah i was thrown by that one too like kind of a new low even for them anyway sorry good we, we kind of touched on this already but i mean is there anything else you want to say about i mean just just the entire setting of the show i mean having no audience that's I thought it was awkward. I thought it was weird. I mean, I can only imagine what it felt like for the talent. I think for them to actually go in there and do what they did, for better or for worse, I think it's I think it's amazing that they were able to do that. And, you know, there might have been a lot of heavy editing behind the scenes, so we couldn't necessarily hear them call spots and stuff like that. I mean, I personally didn't catch anybody calling anything, but maybe I Well, the show was recorded didn't. and edited. So well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm, I'm sure saying. That um, was all. As a matter of fact, one of my personal favorite edits, and I wish I could remember the match, but somebody threw a clothesline and they cut away and they cut back to the person landing. It might have been even Strowman versus Goldberg, and I was like, "Oh, cool. We start with a missed clothesline. Great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like so. Some of it was even glaring. But well, I think you said that happened with um, Nia Jax also own raw you're right wait that was it okay yeah. i knew it happened somewhere sorry it, yeah again a lot of it runs together after a point and that's my opinion like i think awkward's a good word for it uh it's harder to pay attention to and it's harder to get invested in and it's very easy to find yourself like uh-huh like are you watching while well, it's on as you text or do something else while it's happening in the background, unless you just absolutely care about who's in the ring right now or whatever. I have to say, in my personal opinion, I think AEW is generally handling shows with no audiences better than WWE, if for nothing else, because it's like they do a lot of like, you know, kind of the gang warfare faction style booking. And so if you have somebody who's from say the elite or the inner circle or whatever out, usually there's three or four seats out in the crowd and that's where their boys are sitting, cheering them on. Yeah. And something will happen. That'll get involved. Somebody will get thrown over or whatever. And, you know, or they'll be jeering at the, you know, like acting as if they're an audience and I think that actually adds something to it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a fairly original way to do it. Uh, well, I mean, I guess all of this is original if you went real technical, but, you know, because unprecedented. But I think they do a little bit better of a job of it just because of that, uh, or did maybe. I think Mania raised the bar in a lot of regards. Yeah. One thing I saw that I thought was really stupid, and this is kind of neither here nor there, but it was just something, okay, uh, you know how the hard cam in WWE traditionally is facing the audience that, like, if you're Hmm. staring at the ring, like, to the right of, like, if you're staring at the ring, it's like the audience to the right of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish they would have kept it that way for Mania with the sign. The point I'm getting at is, okay. AEW shifted to doing hard camera where they're facing the uh, like 
the stage. And yep. then a couple weeks later, WWE does that. And I saw somewhere where Tony Khan like took credit for that. Like, oh, they're ripping me off. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> they've done it in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. New Japan yeah. shoots their stuff that way. Ring of Honor shoots their stuff that way. Countless companies before you. This was not your idea. Yeah. I think it was Royal Rumble 2000. I can remember. Yeah. almost uh, Like I said, anything they've had in Madison Square Garden has pretty much always yeah. been shot that way. Like, that's... Yeah the best way to shoot madison square garden and i mean even other stuff like there's i'm trying to think i want to say maybe wrestlemania 8 might have primarily been shot that way too i could be wrong but you get my point like it's not an uncommon thing at all and for him to act like he came up with the idea it's like dude you've been wrestling five minutes just shut up anyway (laughs) it really shone a light on I guess kind of the obvious in that how important the crowd is. I mean, they are really, they are part of the show. I mean, mm. you know, and I think they're too much, maybe too much at times. I mm. mean, when they try to kind of hijack a show, but you know, you really do need that background noise. You need reactions, and yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of the guys are women in the ring actually did a good job too. There was a lot, lot more trash talk. I feel, and that really helped out a lot I that mean, was something yeah going on yeah that was one element i liked about it it was a little more cinematic if you will like it felt like people having a fight yeah and actually you know just like like you said just back and forth you know screaming at each other you know come on stand up bye-bye etc and as opposed to oh i don't know maybe john cena like you can loudly hear him from 15 rows up like <laughs> he said hip toss 50, he said go for a hip even toss if there's 50,000 yeah. people in the arena you can still hear <laughs> yeah um it's like if he had wrestled at mania 32 we would have been able to hear him i promise you anyway um, <laughs> from from our seats yeah. yeah well i mean let's talk about one more thing as far as one thing that i loved about it i mean i i loved that they made it two nights now, I know that this is pretty much impossible to do any other time. Mm. It wouldn't make any sense. I mean, how how would – I don't know how they would do that. But to sit there for six hours and watch WrestleMania anytime is a struggle. You're, you're so worn out by the end of that show. I mean, heck, you're worn out three and a half hours into the show. It's hard. And a lot of matches, you know, kind of – get the brunt of that and that the crowd is tired and you mentioned i was gonna say you mentioned the awful crowds earlier that like i think that's largely what you have you have people that like eh it's past their bedtime so to speak like all their energy was gone you know like i think that's still to this day well i'm not gonna sit here and claim that uh reigns versus lesnar at 34 was a good match because it wasn't but i think it would have been better received if it was not going on at oh i don't know hour six or seven or eight or ten or wherever we were at that point in the evening as opposed to because like basically by the time the ronda rousey match was over we were done yeah that was a great match too yeah i mean you kind of took it out took it out of you and um it was similar like i've said before but like taker versus uh hbk at 25 like you had two title matches follow that and is there anything wrong with them? No, not really. It's just they went on after the match where it's like, okay, the audience is finished. Like we got yep. nothing left to give. And it should be a four. It should be a four-hour show at the most. I mean it. It's it's very possible to do that. Um, yeah, I totally I, agree on I, that. 
I understand they want to get everybody on the show. I mean, but you know, put them in the rumble. I mean, or put them in the uh, the, the battle royale, Andre the giant, yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, well, as far as splitting it into two nights, how do you think they could do that? Well, I can tell unless, you, unless it was like an arena show. Well, I think it'd be pretty simple. You just offer people the option: Do you want to come for one night, or do you want to come for two? If you come for two, you pay maybe a reduced price on whatever ticket, but you have the same seat for two nights, you know, like make it attractive to people. Because I mean, that's the thing with WrestleMania, the way it's been the last several years. Anyway, it basically comes over and takes over the town for a week. A lot of people are there basically from like, actually this would change a little now because of SmackDown, but you know, like a lot of people were basically like for the new Orleans when a couple of years ago, we're in town from basically the Wednesday of the week before mania, until the tuesday after so if you're gonna be there that long anyway and a lot of diehard wrestling fans are incentivize them you know they have the travel packages do that you know offer like i remember a couple years ago matter of fact it was the year of that mania in dallas they had smackdown and raw back to back in dallas Mm -hmm. at american airlines center and you had the option you could either buy a raw ticket or a SmackDown ticket, or for a little bit less, you could buy basically the same seat for two nights. I think you yeah. just do that, and that would incentivize people to do it. And like I said, considering who we're talking about, which is the diehards, which is people who are willing to travel from not just all over the country, but all over the globe to go to the show, I don't think that would be really hard to fill those bill, you know, to fill that like in a yeah, to fill a stadium two nights in a row. And yeah. even if it was, yeah. fine. You've got locals that'll probably check in for one or the other. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, I have seen this done before because WWE, surprisingly enough, is not the first company that did it. New Japan did it earlier this year with Wrestle Kingdom. They split Wrestle Kingdom into two nights. And the arena was full both nights. Or right, the arena, the Tokyo Dome. And the thing that I think New Japan did that I would argue is maybe a little better Maybe not better, but different. You also have to take into mind, I guess, that WWE has two shows that they treat as two, well, three now, but two shows that they treat as two separate brands. You know what I mean? You have the SmackDown universe, basically, and the Raw universe, so you kind of have to pay everything off from both shows. But, like, okay, New Japan this year, uh, night one, the main event was, or the I think there were, well, the two main events, more or less, was the match for the IWGP Intercontinental Belt and then the match for the IWGP Heavyweight Belt, which is basically their world title. And then on night two, the main event was whoever won the world title and whoever won the Intercontinental title were then going to wrestle each other and unify the titles. So it's like night one built to night two. I think that's one difference where I would say, and like I said, in my opinion, they did it better. But at the same time, if you look at New Japan, New Japan is not, you don't have like a Raw and SmackDown equivalent. You just have New Japan. So it would be easier if, you know, there was like one quote unquote WWE roster and not here's Raw, here's SmackDown, here's NXT. But I think that would be another way to maybe incentivize it. Like, give people a reason to show up on night two or to show up on night one or what have you. And I think if you, I think another way to do that would be, and this is kind of how they did it this year, they didn't tell anybody 
when you know you didn't know which matches were going to happen on what night you know yeah but that that's kind of what i was about to say i mean don't, don't you think that might hurt ticket sales i mean as far as you know people don't know what they're buying the ticket for well i mean when the but the tickets go on sale in like friggin november anyway and you don't know what you're getting yeah but they but they know they're going to get a whole show they're going to get everything i mean as opposed to it being split up well yeah but i mean again if you i don't know i'm just saying there's a way to do it but if you incentivize it in such a way i think people will come yeah I'm if you look in the audience, for- there's definitely people in the audience you're looking at thinking, this guy's probably just blown two months' rent just to be here right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it it would hurt the crowd a little bit, but it would be interesting to see him try to do it for sure. Well, I mean, if that happens, um, then just paper it and get the locals to show up. I mean, yeah. there's still there's ways to do it. I mean, but if somebody sit, I, sitting at home watching it, I'm 100% for it. But the other thing is I think I mean, it's gambling to a degree, but basically, you know, by that point, and I mean, you know, Mania doesn't, you know, usually sell out like day of. It's usually something that, you know, if it is a sellout, it's a sellout by the time, like, you know, the last, like the two-week stretch, something like that, if even. Yeah. So, I mean, even still, I think if you have, you know, the matches established and you establish it's going to be over two nights, you have people that will buy tickets for two nights, like I said, for nothing else, because a lot of people are probably going to be in town for it anyway. And also just because, okay, if you really want to see, for example, we'll just kick out one from this last or from this last one, like Wyatt versus Cena. And that's your match. You know, maybe that's the only match you want to see. Maybe that's the only thing you give a damn about. Maybe you're just a diehard Cena fan or a diehard Fiend fan. Are you going to risk it and buy one, or are you going to buy two? Yeah. And if your answer is you're going to buy one, well, then you don't give that much of a damn about it. Yeah. Brent, specifically. I mean, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it would also help some of the matches, you know, get a bigger spotlight. I mean, matches that should have been the main event that aren't the main event and, you know, that are obviously cut short due to other matches and stuff like that. I mean, I... I, I I'm all for it. I think it would be great. I mean, it was a lot easier to watch. Yeah, that's one of the and, other things I liked about it, too. It gave a lot of things I felt yeah. more room to breathe. Like Again, yes. the ladder match being like a shining example of that. But anyway, sorry, continue. Putting it all together, it's it's a absolute mm. mess most of the time. <laughs> and, you, you know, you can tell when some matches might go long for whatever reason or, you know, and stuff stuff kind of fills the brunt of it. Other matches that really deserve the spotlight don't really get it um well and you still always have those weird moments where it's like okay according to tradition i'll put quotes around that because there's a staggering amount of years where the royal rumble winner doesn't main event or doesn't even get the title shot but okay yeah on paper supposedly this guy's supposed to win the rumble or this girl's supposed to win the rumble and go on to main event mania right okay fine but wait what's that we signed ronda rousey okay it's her and kurt angle are gonna be a tag match against triple h and stephanie sorry there's your main event there's your real main event no matter what like that's the match that's gonna set everybody on fire more than anything else and you know it happens but i mean i think that's part of don't get me wrong uh whether it's six hours seven and I, i will say this to their credit i i'm trying to remember i think wrestlemania 35 
felt like it ran nine hours. I think it was only the seven, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I know it ran till like in New York after midnight. Like it was after midnight before they actually wrestled. So technically, hey, two day mania. But that you know, that's one of the only times I've seen one this long where they actually managed to keep the crowd invested. Yeah. And, you know, it's only been the last several years they've started doing them that long. And I think it just, you know, the I think they lucked out on that one because, you know, Becky Lynch was on fire and that's who went on last. I think if they had, I'm trying to think of a couple of the other matches of that. Let's see. I don't remember who. I think it was last year. Yeah. I think Seth Rollins versus Brock was universal. Daniel Bryan like versus match, Daniel yeah. Bryan and Kofi Kingston was for WWE. I think Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston going on last would have probably kept people up too, but I think like I'm willing to bet that the main reason particularly because it wasn't that great of a match, Brock and Seth Rollins was received as well as it was last year because I think it was like the opening match. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And if that had gone on last, they would have reacted probably about the way they have to any other given Brock versus Reigns match or what have you. So I think a lot of it just depends on, you know, and I mean, it's a roll of the dice, but what you decide to put on last, but still, you know, like people have a way of kind of like saving their energy, but still just six, seven hours is too damn long. Yeah. I say that as a person who's been to at least two of them now that were about that long. Well, I mean, so, there's um, yeah. several examples, I'm sure, but I mean, the one that comes to mind is when it was um, uh, Shawn Michaels and Taker, the first match. Yeah, like and, I said, and that was a four-hour mania, <laughs> and we were done. Yeah. As soon as that match was and over, right. it's like, all right, it's time to go home. There's nothing else that could top this than it was, what, Triple H and Orton? No, it was, we actually talked well, about this on my show when at one point but it was and that's my favorite part is there was a match in between that and people freaking forget it it was cena yeah, versus edge versus big show for the world title that was the match that went on between mm. triple h and orton and taker and hbk it was a very forgettable match and it's yeah. not that it was a bad match put in the right place at the right time hey it's fine what what happened though right before it one of the best matches of all time. In my opinion, the best match mm-hmm. of all time. And what do you really do to follow that? Like, okay, uh, we're now the buffer match between another world title match and the greatest match in history. <laughs> all right. People are going to forget we were even here. All right. Let's 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 yeah. do what we can do. And, I mean, that's basically what you got. And then, like I said, you've had Orton and Triple H. And it's like by that point, it's like you could feel the crowd collectively staring at their watch. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, in well, a I vacuum, mean, though, there's nothing wrong with that match. But it's just the crowd was dead. And Taker yeah. and HBK really should have gone on last. Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Could, well, I mean, even those, you know, watching it at home, I mean, like, same thing. I mean, it was just like, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like... Know? by the, yeah i mean it's just like just by that point just you're done like well and the thing is triple h and orton they had a pretty good build-up i mean they had a pretty good uh blood feud kind of going on there yeah so, they had arguably the best like maybe the best of them yeah. going in i mean if you want to get real technical about it 
and it yet, should have been a no DQ match and gone on like you said before. Mm-hmm. Taker and Michaels, but but I mean again, hindsight being what it was, and I mean again if you look at kind of just the simple build around twenty five. Or the, or rather, I should say, Taker versus HBK at twenty five. You know, you again have that little problem of what was the story really? It was just very simple. You know, you're good, but I think I'm a little bit better, and I think I can beat your streak. You know, so yeah, but it was like, yeah, dude. That's the thing, though. It was so simple yet so mm-hmm. strong. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, and like you know, I said, I, I mean, it's the definition it. of great wrestling as far as storylines yeah. go and when i hear people try to overcomplicate and like well i think the story should be blah 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 blah, 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 blah. it's like no wrestling should pretty much only ever be here's person a or team a here's person b or team b and here's the conflict whether it's the yeah. belt whether it's a personal issue whether they're fighting over mandy rose <clears throat> whatever <laughs> it's just you know what i mean it's should always be something simple it should always be basically just conflict and that's basically what I you got with taker with whole, uh, and hbk it was just a very simple you know you're good but i'm better all right prove it yeah anyway sorry go ahead i was just saying i hope they stick with old uh, otis i think he has potential to be <laughs> pretty huge actually um, eight star match. i always felt bad for huh eight star match Better than anything <laughs> Kenny Omega has ever done. How, better than anything that's how, ever happened in the Tokyo Dome. That was an eight-star match out of it's five. Like, how could you hate that match? Otis got the girl, man. It was great. But anyways, that's our... Uh, Wait, who hated the sh- who show? Who hated man. that match? What psychopath hated that match? <laughs> uh, Dave Meltzer, probably. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's our show, man. That's our WrestleMania kind of rundown. There, it was. It was a good for what it was, man. It it went above and beyond what I was expecting. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I didn't know what to expect, but I I ended up enjoying it. I mean, it was weird. There was definitely some down moments, but overall, mm. it was an interesting show, and I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, they've definitely put on worse. I think in general, in my expectations were. I don't know. Like I said, uh, measured, I think, would be the better. I was going to say low, and I thought about it. I was like, they really weren't low. I figured they would do the best they could with what they had, and I think they more than delivered on that. Yeah, Like, under the circumstances, well done. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for uh, going through it with me, and um, hopefully we don't have to do another uh, COVID whatever uh, (laughs) WrestleMania. I hope that's a one-time thing. I'm hoping we don't have to do another COVID show. Like, maybe this will be over <laughs> yeah, that's enough true. that the next time we convene, you know, we can do it the normal way. We, we don't have to talk about a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.